What's up, WizKids? Another Off the Bench with Jamoke Davis, Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and Jeremy Hyman. Uh, we're talking Game 5 of the Washington Wizards against the Boston Celtics. Uh, we have some great things to talk about uh, as far as like our insight into the game, but also looking back on Game 3 and 4, more Game 4 since we did do a podcast in between 3 and 4. But uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of points that I want to get to. I'd love to get your take on it, guys. But before that, we also want to promote that we're going to have the greatness that is Otto Porter joining us on the pod. You will enjoy it. I'm sure of that. All right, let's get right into it, guys. The series is tied 2-2 between the Wizards and the Boston Celtics after a game four win, 121 to 102 over Boston. Uh, Jeremy, uh, let's first get your take. The Wizards are 5-0 at home, 21-5 since January. We dominate here. And, And you weren't worried going into this home stretch, huh? No, definitely not worried. I think coming into the home the home portion I always thought the Wizards were going to win all their home games in this series uh, that's something I said since the beginning that's why I originally my original prediction was Wizards in seven and I'll, I'll stick to that although I think if they if the Wizards can win game five I think it's probably safe to say it's going to be over in six just because of how well the Wizards have played at home it's been well documented that they've been a great home court team all season they've been even better probably in the playoffs and I don't. I think Game Five and Game Seven were both going to be toss-ups in Boston. Yeah. So that's where I think I don't. I think the Wizards have a much better chance to win one in Boston than the Boston does to win Game Six in DC. Um, I think the Wizards are the better team in the series, but home court's a huge advantage, especially in a best of three, and that's why the Celtics, you know, by the odds makers, are still a slight favorite. So. I'm pick, I'm sticking with the Wizards winning the series. Right. I don't think it's that far fetched at this point to say that. I think through the four games, it's been pretty clear that I think the Wizards are the better of the yeah. two teams. And I just read um, Andrew Sharp's Sports Illustrated piece, who just oh, shout out to Andrew wrote Sharp. something. I think he he wrote almost exactly. He pulled the line that I referenced a few days ago as well so he took it from you well he didn't know because we didn't i didn't <laughs> talk joking, to him about joking. it nor did i say it publicly <laughs> but basically we both heard it the same way and he opened his article with how when brad stevens was asked before game three he was asked do you are you worried about your players becoming overconfident with a 2-0 lead and stevens basically scoffed at that and was like not at all i mean we've talking about his own team he's basically said the wizards were better in was yeah. it five of the eight quarters? I think he said mm-hmm. that basically mm-hmm. the Wizards were the better team in Boston. Because Brad, I mean Brad's not—he's a realist. He knows what the, what's going on. And and then if you watch what happened in games three and four, I mean the Wizards just—they've—they've they've dominated the Celtics a lot more than it's worked the other way. And you know, of course, the Celtics make twenty threes in game one, mm-hmm. and they make Isaiah scores fifty something in game two, and that's you know they use their home crowd to their advantage, but. But overall, you have to think the Wizards have to feel very confident going to these final, these, you know, decisive three games. And if they play, they're going to have to play their best in one of those games in Boston to get that win. But I don't think it's, it's, uh, I don't think it's that far fetched to think right now that the Wizards will come out on top. Were you guys, Zach or Chris, were y'all amazed by the twenty six zero run in Game Four? That was just so. It was just wild. Even the players and coach were like, "We didn't even know what was going on." Yeah, it was. It was an incredible run for the Wizards, and certainly when you hear Brad and John talk about it, it's about their the the, the defensive end jump started a lot of that offense. I mean, John 
Otto, Brad all had fast break layups that really energized the crowd. A couple of them ran ones. And so when you get that kind of that momentum rolling, you know, it's, it's hard to stop them when you're on your home floor, mm-hmm. as we saw the Celtics do to us. Yeah. Um, it's tough to stop. But I think that was also something that was very indicative of the fact that if Isaiah Thomas can't get a bucket for the Celtics, mm-hmm. it's very difficult for them to stop a run of ours. Yeah. Especially when we're playing our best on defense and, and um, you know, the, the Wizards are really on top of things. And so that's the kind of thing that maybe, you know, it'll, it'll, it, obviously it's hard to recreate a 26 to nothing around on the road. <laughs> yes. But, you know, Zach wrote a really good piece this week um, about all of those, whatever it is, 10, 10 and up oh runs that the mm-hmm. Wizards have been on in all these games. Um, I think if you see another one in Boston – the confidence of the Wizards, I think, has grown in this series. Yeah. I think the momentum belongs to the Wizards right now in this series. And so, you know, Game 5 is certainly, I think, the one to get mm-hmm. in Boston. I think the Wizards know that. And I think that uh, I think that they'll come out firing and now learn from these past few games and, and really lock down. It kind of reminds me of the situation when we went into Atlanta game six, mm-hmm. up 3-2. The momentum had swung back our way, and it, and we knew we could win there. It was just a matter of doing it. And I like how Jeremy phrases that we have to win one of the two games in Boston. And the first two games of the series, we probably could have won either of them yeah. in Boston. So if you just think about it, it's like, if the Wizards can just win one of these four games in Boston, and it might just be tomorrow night's game, Wednesday night game five, they just they can win the series going up three two, coming back to DC, where I mean they're thirty five and eleven on the season. I mean, forget the twenty five and six, just mm-hmm. on the whole season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's what it comes down to is they're clearly proven that they're the better team, but it's about execution. And playing in Boston is one of the top five toughest places to play in the NBA. And you have to get past that. And they just have to lock in on their defense. And basically the conclusion from that article that Chris referenced that I wrote was they need to have this this defense that they've played during these runs throughout the game or at least in the crucial moments. And it really comes from the fact that the the Celtics don't have a true point guard that plays regular minutes. Yeah. And so if you can stop Isaiah's playmaking – you can hold them to like 80 points in a game because mm-hmm. where else is the scoring going to come from? And I mean, we've witnessed that with a lot of their lineups without Isaiah is the reason the wizards are getting all these stops is because the offense without Isaiah is really tough. And when you're guarding him and playing this incredible double team defense, they're hedging on the screens. I mean, it's beautiful to watch it. They're, they're a pretty easy team to contain offensively. So Will that defense continue on the road after the performances they had in games one and two? We'll see. But I think the Wizards are definitely in a better place mentally when it comes to their defensive identity going into game five. And you talk about trying to stop IT. The Boston Celtics have a hard time stopping John Wall. Uh, in his post-game press conference after uh, the f- game four win, he said, I feel like we're in control. This is a quote from John. We have the momentum coming home and winning our two games. We feel like we can win there. We know we can win. But, Jeremy, John Wall – is not just we've we've seen John Wall. I feel like maybe naturally they haven't seen Wall enough. And then I read the stat that PR always puts out great stats. Shout out to Scott Hall, Patrick Reese, 
uh, DeAndre Phillips and Ketsia Coleman. Wall is the first NBA player to post at least 20 points and seven assists in 10 straight postseason games. The previous longest streak was nine games by, oh wait, Michael Jordan. Like, yeah. John Wall has just been amazing, Jeremy. Yeah, I feel like we do, we've do. watched him for years, and we always go through the numbers and the stats. I feel like every year, every couple of weeks, a new something stat comes out about John and what he's done, where it, you know, where it ranks in the history of the NBA. He's just – he's an unbelievable player. He's mm-hmm. – you know, he's getting close to, I think, peak – what you know, basically the peak of his career. He's just kind of entering that now. And we're witnessing it. And we've witnessed it, him kind of grow from the player he was his rookie year all the way up till to what he is now. And I know it's like the cliche thing now is to say, like, John Wall needs to get his respect and he still feels disrespected. And at some level, he probably is still a little bit underrated. But at some point now, it's like it's been said so much now. I feel like it's he is. I listen to he a is lot. who he is. Well, he is. And but he's. I mean, I listen to a lot of people and read a lot of things about him, and it's not like it's not like he's an unknown. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, most people now are saying John Wall is definitely a top point guard in the league. I mean, top five, top three, wherever you want to put him. People are putting him up there. At least a lot of people are. A lot of people say he's one of the top three players in the Eastern Conference, you know, right there behind LeBron and I don't know, Giannis and whoever else you want to throw in that mm-hmm. conversation. Um, what is we, when we interview Karan? He said it's LeBron and then John. Yeah, that's, that's why what he said. I think Barkley. I think also just said he thinks John's the second best player in the Eastern Conference, which is fair right now. I think to say, um, but John, John just does so much, and he that's what makes him so good. It's not just that he can score. It's not just that he's the best passer in the league. It's not just that his athleticism and his quickness is so good. He does so much for this team. It's like, I don't, there's not, you couldn't come up with a story or words to explain how important he is for this team and what he does for everyone else on the team and how he makes everyone better. And now you're seeing him play his best basketball in the biggest stage, on the biggest stage, in the biggest moments. And this is now... Here it is. I mean, this is a chance for this team. Game five in Boston. Then it's going to be game six in in D.C. Friday. This is the time when the stars step up. And this is John's time. And it's Bradley Beal's time. Because they've been in this spot before. Two years ago they were here. Three years ago. This isn't that unfamiliar to them. They've been in this game on the road. Game five. Two years ago it was 2-2. Three years ago they were down 3-1 facing elimination. If you remember, they went into Indiana and oh crushed, yeah, yeah, because you weren't on that pod where I was mentioning that to Jeremy. Yeah. I mean to Jacob, a, and that was when Gortat turned into Hakeem Olajuwon <laughs> and had thirty and seventeen, <laughs> and that was one of the best games they had played that year. But but the that core March John Brad uh, Otto was on the team, but he didn't play in that Indiana series. Yeah, he did play in the Atlanta series so but this these guys they've been in this spot before and john's been here and now this is sort of their chance they've that was not that they're not still young but now they're they've been in this spot two times already this is mm-hmm. here they are right in sort of their young beginning i of think we're prime. writing your next you're writing your next story as you're <laughs> talking about this right game six uh, could be like Groundhog Day. But he, for this team. It, it really, it really will Jeremy's be. He's always writing a story <laughs> out loud. <right? laughs> and it's game. And it's game. These next two or three games, depending how it is, these are going to be two huge games. In the not to say that this is something legacy 
Yeah. They're what? John's 26, 20, yeah. 27, 26, 26. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, yeah. We don't need to say this is like a legacy-defining games yeah. for them. I mean, it's we're still we're not even in the conference finals yet. But at this point in their career, these are going to be two or three of the biggest games of their career. So mm-hmm. now it's this is sort of the this is the exciting time. This is the time we love to see what they can do. And mm-hmm. I mean, as a fan, you have to love it and to see them healthy and playing their best. I I'm excited for it. And now let's go see what they do. Yeah, I mean, when you think about you know they asked John. I guess it was probably after game three. It doesn't really matter when it was, but they asked him about, you know, taking contact in the series and the physicality of the series, what kind of respect he thinks he gets versus what he deserves, all those kinds of things. And he mentioned kind of casually, he's like, you know, I think that I deserve the same kind of respect as guys like LeBron get when they go to the hole. I'm yeah. too fast. I'm too strong. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And he's right. I mean, for his position, he is kind of like a supernatural kind of like physical mm-hmm specimen for for his position um it's rare that you see a six whatever six three six four you know big guy that can move as fast as john wall is i mean he's he's the fastest player in the league yeah and they said similar things about lebron when lebron was coming up i'm not saying that you know john is lebron but he can have that that similar kind of effect on a game mm-hmm. i mean he, he is the kind of guy that he can <laughs> i mean you give him the ball and he can and if he goes right at you you know 90% of the time, he's either going to score, get fouled, or make the right pass. We need to increase those get fouled, though. Yeah. I mean, no, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm telling that to Isaiah. I don't think the I know, other right? way. No, no, no question. No question. But he's at that point in his career where, you know, these are the kind of games where I think we're going to start to see him break through that 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 barrier. Yeah. Um, he's always been able to make the right pass. But he's, you know, he he can now score. He can pull up for that mid range jump shot when he's mm-hmm. in his when he's in his rhythm. Yeah, he can hit those kinds of shots now, and that's the kind of development that when you start from the baseline of how athletic he was coming out of college and all those things, you, you know, now he's stronger. He's still the fastest player in the league. He's smarter on the floor. You know, he yeah. has that experience. Yeah, and. He has players around him now that have grown. You know, mm-hmm. Brad has grown. Otto has grown. Um, Keith Morris, you know, that addition from last year is looking, you know, bigger and bigger every game now. When he has those kinds of guys around him, not to mention the chemistry he has with March going to the basket and when they're both rolling towards the rim. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of times where, you know, this is this is the series, like Jeremy said, where he's going to start to – I think he can really start to define what kind of player he is. And, you know, I've noticed – watching on Twitter and things when when John's doing these things, the kind of reaction, you know, people are watching to watch John Wall now. Yeah. You know, and so that's kind of like the next step in kind of like the full evolution of, you know, superstar or whatever. Um, four straight Star to superstar. Now. Yeah. And, this and is the time where that that last step happens. And when he's making plays like he like he can – it's it it is the conversation. What he's doing is the conversation online. It's what everybody's talking about. He's getting to that level now, and I think these next you know two or three games, yeah, is, is going to really help solidify that. It's a small thing, and may not mean much to him at all. But I feel like even this year, you would get when he went to the free throw line, maybe one MVP chant. The game four, he four times he went to the line. The fans just started chanting MVP, MVP. I feel like, you know, 
John talks about how important the, the, the crowd's energy is and, you know, um, how much it means to them to have the crowd energy to help them and hopefully somehow channel that on the road. But Zach, I mean, it's it's just great to watch. And I don't want to take away from that, but let's also start another conversation. Please talk about Wall. But my next question for you guys, if we could start with you again after that, Zach, is what does Kelly Oubre being back into the lineup mean for the Wizards and even the Celtics? Are they going to go back to going small? Or are they going to go big? What do you expect them to do? Well, I think everything that we just talked about, John, within the series can go into the fact that the Celtics are still trying to figure out how to defend the Wizards in general. So this kind of goes into how I think Kelly comes back into the equation. Who was suspended for Game 4, now will be back. So the Celtics decided to put Avery Bradley on John Wall instead of Bradley Beal throughout Game 4 and then put IT on Bradley Beal in Game 4. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been experimenting with that. I think Avery Bradley did a pretty good job on John, especially in the beginning, but then it kind of got out of hand, and I don't know. That was a lot of transition offense. But when you look at it the other way, Beal saw a lot of time on IT and held him to about four points the whole game when he was on him. John saw time on IT, but IT was getting hit. He was making his threes. I mean, that's basically the bottom line of how he scored a lot of points on John. When Kelly comes back for tomorrow's game, Kelly's going to get time on IT because of his length. Yeah, He's actually guarded him pretty well all season. So I think that's where Kelly fits back in. Offensively, I think he's going to have to be on the floor with offensive players. And if he can get some open threes and nail them like he had had been you know, towards the end of the Atlanta series, and I think in game one or two he hit a bunch of threes, that's important. But you know, Kelly, is a, he's a very important role player. The Wizards were able to win without him because everyone stepped up defensively. But if he can bring more defense, I mean, if they can force 20 turnovers again, they're not going to lose. There's just, in, in my yeah. mind, because they're so effective at scoring off turnovers. I mean, in that 26-0 run, they forced eight turnovers for 19 points. Most teams don't score 19 points off turnovers in a game. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. I mean, that's yeah. that's what turned it turned you asked about the 26-0 run. My, I was just speechless. We were just looking at each other like, yeah. what is going What's on? Going yeah. on? And it, well, well. Just on on the runs, if you think about this series, three of the four games have been decided in, what, a five- or six-minute stretch of the game, these runs. It was the Celtics did it to the Wizards in in the third quarter of game game one. Game Game one. Game Game two was the only one that that came down to the wire, the overtime game. But you think about how close that game was until the Celtics went on that run in the third quarter, basically put the game out of reach, like, Mm -hmm. very quickly. And it was – that was – and that was the game. Then game three, the Wizards do it in the first quarter. 22-0 run. I think it was 12-12 or yeah. something like that. They go on a 22-0 run. And the game's, I mean, not over, but yeah. for all intents and purposes, I mean, it's a 20-point lead, and the Wizards held it for pretty much the rest of the game. So the game's over. Game four, it's to sell, Wizards are down five early in the third quarter. 26-0 run. They put the game, uh, literally the game is, has been, decided in these these five minute stretches of runs which you know you always say game of runs in the nba it's back and forth but it's really this this series has been this series has been these runs these one giant runs by both teams have done it wizards twice celtics once and the three of the four games that's been the game um so that's i don't know if that's a trend I i don't know what the 
what you can say about it as far as like how do you not go on a run how do you go on a, it's you know you yeah. ju- it's just it's interesting but early, it, we'll see if it plays out earlier in the day before game four i was down in the cage where the players parked their cars and before he had to leave the arena as well earlier in the day before technically by nba rules he has to leave the arena kelly Oubre because he was suspended he was down there pumping up the guys giving them fist bumps Hey, have a good game, guys. You know, pull it out for me because I know he felt bad yep. about what happened. Yep. And then texting him later and hearing from what was going on at his house. Basically, he had a lot of family members to kind of watch the game with him because that's got to be tough when you don't want to know that you want to be there with your teammates and you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know he feels good that they did win the game versus making it seem like, oh, man, this is it, yeah. it was worse than, than, you, than it was. He needed you, that. And you know he'll be fired up. Oh yeah, game five oh, to yeah. get back so out Boston. there. How many yeah. of you are enjoying his jump up in the air dab before oh, the players run fun. out on the court? Yeah, we've kind of added I mean, that in the last we, two videos. I think we we for sure <laughs> discovered the whole dab stuff in the beginning. At first, we were we were just kind of like, oh, it's a one time thing, and now we're like, all right, we got to get it every time they go onto the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it it really has become. He talked about that in our podcast with him and Kelly Senior, and that was that was a funny topic about yeah, you know, yeah. perfecting the dab and. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's just that's just Kelly, and he's got a great show with Glenn Consor. You should plug that, Jamoke. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, well, so the weird thing is that Glenn and Kelly have a very interesting relationship, and on the road um, they chat a lot during uh, pregame shoot around. The show's called Level with Me. It's on Monumental Sports Network. You can check it out. Um, please subscribe, and, and, and I think you will enjoy it. Glenn, we're not going to get him on the podcast, though. He's got too much pub. It, his head is getting too big. We don't need to have him on yeah, the we'll, podcast. Yeah, we'll let him know. Okay, we'll <laughs> let him know. Um, but it is a good show. He and Kelly have a great relationship. It's very entertaining. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Believe me. That's my Donald Trump impression. <laughs> okay, we'll save save that for another one. <laughs> Um, but just back to Kelly. I'm happy that he'll be back. We'll see what happens on the road. Uh, we, I think we've, we've talked enough about game yep. four. We've given you a little preview of game five, what to expect. Uh, any pre- we don't want to do predictions. But how excited um, are you? How confident uh, are you about going I'm, up to Boston? I'm confident. I think, I think the Wizards are winning this series. It's, I, like I said, it, it, I think they're gonna, they'll win either game five or game seven. Ooh. I, I don't know which one it'll be, so it's like it obviously depends. Cats if they are win. playing a game seven as yeah. we're playing a game five. Yeah, it's Wednesday night in D.C. is going to be, be, be electric. Yep. It's going to be crazy, yeah. and, and let's hope it's for the better. Chris, final thoughts on going into game five? Yeah, I mean, th- I don't think that the Wizards could be could have set this up better for themselves depending, you know, seeing as how the series started um to win two games decisively on your home floor to come into a game where you have both the chance obviously to get a road win but also the chance to put yourselves in a position to close out a series at home yeah i think all of those things are motivating factors for the wizards there's no question that it won't be lost on anybody in that locker room mm-hmm. um we saw john and brad how they can play in a closeout game in atlanta yeah. The atmosphere will be different in Boston from Atlanta, but I think that the both of those guys and our team relishes in those in those situations. And so um I think I said Wizards in 6 before we started Wizards this thing. And so this is this is their chance to do it. I think I think there's no question that they'll be ready to go. 
Yeah, I'll be watching two things. First of all, to win in the playoffs, you need to be able to win on an opponent's floor. So I think, I mean, it's pretty obvious whoever does that first, I think, takes the series. Yep. I mean, Boston, if they win tomorrow and then win on our home court, they do indeed take the series. And same with the Wizards if they take game five and come here and win. Uh, and the second thing would, is going to be what Brad Stevens does with these rotations. Mm-hmm. Is Jalen Brown going to start? Is Jonas Jarebko going to start? Kelly Olynyk. I mean, I think he he can't start Amir Johnson or Gerald Green because they just get taken out of the game. They're just they don't make sense in this series. They're not. I don't. I would say they're not agile enough in a yeah. way, in two different ways. So I think that's something to watch. Um, we'll see. I think you know Stevens is a great coach, but these adjustments that Scott Brooks made for games three and four are yeah. really great. I mean, hell of a job. I, the way they've defended IT, I don't think anyone in the league has figured out all season, and they did it. Yeah. Um, they held him to – it was the first time all season he had consecutive games under 20 points, which is mind-boggling. So. Yeah. He's been great, and the Wizards have found a way. Hopefully, uh, we will find another way to solve that equation on the road. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Otto Porter join us for the podcast. We're really excited to have him. We'll talk some uh, Wizards Game 5 and just a little bit more about Otto because not a nay has been gone. I don't even know if he's even playing FIFA or stuff like that in a row. All right, stay tuned. All right, Jamal K. Davis, back here on the podcast with Otto Porter. Uh, we're really excited to, to have you on here. A big deal for us to be heading to Boston. Uh, one thing we were talking about earlier, Otto, is when we think about this Game 5 and how pivotal it is, you remember the Atlanta series then the, uh, uh, yeah. three years ago, right? The Indiana series. Having mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. Get, either getting the big win in game five or having your backs against the wall going into game six. Uh, this, How, this is a big game. This is a big game. What, sure. What's going through your mind heading up to Boston? Um, just focus. Um, just trying to be focused going up there. Uh, we know it's going to be a tough game on the road. Um, you know, it's going to be a physical game. But I think we're going to go in there, focus, execute our game plan, and um, take it from there. Out of the fact that you guys were so close in game two, you probably feel like you, you could have had it. Um, what, how does that change, or what does that do for your mindset, knowing that you know you guys know you can go in and win a game there? Um, I mean, each game we've getting we've gotten better, um, you know, at uh, executing our things down the stretch. Um, we know we've we've been in good positions on the road, um, especially being there, you know, being up. Um, so we, we definitely learned, you know, how to keep our leads and how to make uh, good plays, you know, you know, stick to what our, our schemes are. Um, so we're definitely going to uh, continue to do that. Uh, and it's only a matter of fact, only a matter of time uh, before we get the W on the road. What's the difference just playing in Boston compared to here? And do you think it's impacted those runs that have – taking place in all four games? Uh, I mean, we got confidence now, you know, knowing that we can, you know, keep our leads. Uh, I think, you know, going on the road, we've had leads there. Now it's just a matter of keeping them playing solid defense and uh, being solid offensively. You had 18 points, eight rebounds, four steals, two assists, shooting 61% from the field in the series against Boston. Uh, just you're feeling good. You talk about let's talk about the confidence within you though. As I talked to you after game two, that was a big shot you made. You didn't win the game, but ice in your veins to make that three pointer take that lead in regulation. Just talk about your confidence going into the game. I mean my teammates and coaches uh, believe in me and what I can do on the court, you know, just going out there, playing hard, doing whatever. 
uh, try to get the W for for the team. You know, I'm going out there giving my all, um, and it's helping me. You know, especially defensively, getting steals, getting out, leaking out in transition, getting easy buckets. Um, it's definitely helped my game. Now we know on the road in your downtime, you used to play FIFA with Nene. What are you doing now that he's gone? Who 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 are you hanging out with? How do you kind of separate yourself or escape from the game so you're not thinking about it all the time? Oh, uh, watch a lot of movies. A lot of movies. What are you <laughs> <For> watching? <sure. laughs> um, just anything that's out right now. I go to movies or whatever. But I'm really just you know trying to lock in, listen to music and stuff. Um, just hanging around with the guys. Okay. Out of they didn't use it as much in game four but when you when you have a guy like Isaiah Thomas on you I know that they've tried some different schemes and stuff like that when you're almost a foot taller than a guy that's that's guarding you one have you ever had anyone close to his size trying to guard you and two what what are you trying to do to exploit that uh, I mean I've had guys you know that size guard me before but um uh, situations like that you want to try to you know put them in put the defense in a bad situation um, you know offensively you want to get to your spots and if they overcommit with two guys then somebody's open on the backside and we're gonna make them pay for that so if not then you know with guys like that you know you try to get to your spots and just elevate over the top you know um, and try to get a good shot at the room all right well good luck tomorrow night Jeremy and Zach Jacob will not be there will will be there rooting for you uh, we're looking forward to Game 5, and hope you are too, WizKids. Thanks for joining us, uh, Otto. We really appreciate it, and hope you enjoyed the podcast. Ciao for now.